what's up guys welcome to the first episode of jkb sports podcast for the beginning of the 2018 2019 nba season i got my main man drew with me i'm here we're going to talk about you know what we've just seen from the week players that we're happy about so without further ado let's get right into it i'm hype peace hype let's go Drew, I'm here. My guy, what's going on? What's up, man? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Let's get right into it. No lacking. The NBA season. The greatest you... sport is back. Trust me, for sure. I I don't get how people can disagree and say basketball's not like obviously soccer is the most like globally dominated sport, but. You can't deny basketball and the come up that is actually on right now. Like in terms of like endorsement deals and like TV deals and all the stuff that NBA players are reaping benefits for. It's like the NBA is so on the way. It's crazy to see like the way it's evolved from like 10 years ago, from five years ago, 20 years ago when you can barely catch an NBA game on TV to now it's like dominating. Especially in the summertime, all the players are going to like China, India, all those countries yeah. <laughs> just growing the game. You know? It's actually so crazy how, like, you know, people, these guys travel and, like, the world travels with them. Like, their season never stops. You go to China, these people are going and, and growing the game overseas. And it's just a really good thing, honestly. It's good to see growth of the sport. All right, my man. So, obviously, we completed the first week of the season. What do you think? Good, bad, better than last year so far? Obviously, it's really early, first week, but what are some of the things that you've taken away from the NBA so far? All these teams want to do is shoot three-pointers, and I blame Golden State. Because <laughs> every single team is just shooting threes or layups. They don't take mid-range jumpers. Look how many... Blame, blame Houston. Houston's the one that leads the league in three-point attempts every year in the past how much years shooting like 50 plus threes a game on some ridiculous but, numbers don't but now, Golden State Golden State has now, efficient offense now every team is doing it the Bucks put up I think in the first game they put up 40 47 threes and, and then they didn't, pass, they didn't game, pass three point shooting and then in the second game they put up 50 threes <laughs> even the Wait, Lakers hey, remember they were they were up they were up big against they were up big against Charlotte and they let Charlotte come back by being down 20 and nearly lost that game. They probably shot themselves right out of the game. That's true. I think, yeah, so that's probably one of the more compelling things, the offense, the way anybody's – everyone's playing the same, spread out, four wings, yeah. big man. I'm, I'm seeing that. The more I watch, I'm seeing more teams obviously play one in, five out, or four out. And, and everyone just – Like leaving the, the one just to grab rebounds. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Oh, another thing I want to ask you about that thing how we're on the topic of three point shooting and stuff like that. The new rule, I don't know how many people noticed that the shot clock rule changed where you get 10 seconds yeah. less off the offensive rebound. Do you feel like that's negatively? We, we didn't even talk about this topic yet, not even like on our own. Do you feel like that's a good rule change, a bad rule change? I think it looks, I think it's bad. Not necessarily bad, but I don't think it's like, necessary the league did it too because they want to speed the game up they want it to be more free-flowing so instead of giving 
a team 24 seconds once they get the rebound, it switches right to 14. But you can see that teams haven't adjusted. I've seen James Harden in the first game. He was he, he caught the ball and he just started dribbling around like he was ready to set a play. I see him look at the clock and he's like, oh, seven seconds. <laughs> time, the time goes down so fast. Like, no one noticed. Like, I, it's, it's cool because now they're moving faster, but I kind of like the 24 hours because set time, you know? Yeah, 24 seconds. Give them... Give them some time to drop a play because all they're going to do in the 14 seconds is pass, pass, three-pointer. So Yeah, there's one play. I, I was watching the Golden State game the other night. They were playing uh, Utah. And I see, no, it, it was a Denver game. It was a Denver game last night. And they got six offensive rebounds in the same possession. And they would tip it back out, shoot the three. Tip it back out, shoot the three. Six possessions. And I was like, that would have never happened in a 24-second shot clock. Never. Because it would have took it back out and it would have reset. So now there's no resets. It's just you get the ball, you shoot. Get the ball, you shoot. And they missed six straight shots. And I was like, that just looks so unorganized. It just looks so just like like pickup, like a pickup game. And I was kind of like, what is that? What am I looking at? It was just offense rebound, tip back, miss. Offense rebound, tip, miss. So yeah, I, I don't really know how I feel about the rule yet. Like, I agree with you when you say that the teams haven't necessarily adjusted because it's obviously like the first week and to give them time to get used to it. But to so far, I think it looks kind of weird. Yeah, that's... And then the other rule they made was the freedom of movement where when someone's dribbling the ball, like, if you even try to, like, touch them, like, if you if you interrupt their flow of dribble, they're going to call, like, they're, they're going to call more fouls. Like, you know how hard in dribbles? And yeah, he just, I, I see. He's kind of blow eyes you, and then if you poke him a little bit, now they're gonna call it right away. Like it's a touch foul. They're yeah. trying to get rid of the and ones. It looks like. But what's been the most compelling thing for you this season? Honestly, just the amount of like, like you said, like the points that I'm being seeing. I'm watching people put up like 130. AD had what 30, and the Pelicans dropped almost 150 points in a 48 minute game. Kind of like. I don't see offense like that, especially this early in the season where you think that guys are still trying to get their feet wet. You know, they're still trying to, you know, find their strokes and, and get their cardio back to where it needs to be for basketball shape. And I'm seeing teams put up 140 out the gate. I'm kind of like, like, there really is no defense. I see Draymond make an uh, in um, interview, and he was saying the same thing. Like, the league is trying to abolish defense. Like you said, like the touch fouls, where you're stopping the flow of movement. It's kind of like there's something called stopping the flow of movement and, like, just making it difficult to get to a spot. And the way that I'm seeing things get called, it's kind of like like the NFL, per se. The NFL is making it such an offensive league where guys are thrown for 300, 400, 500 yards per game, where it's like defense can't do anything. You touch the quarterback, it's a penalty. I think that the NBA is kind of taking it too far with the same type of ticky-tack fouls or penalties where it's kind of like you touch a guy, you know, foul. Because that, if they're trying to speed the game up, I think that slows it down more than actually speeding it up when you're always calling fouls. You're always inbounding the ball, stopping the game, shooting free throws. That slows the game down more than I think if you just kept it free-flowing and kept, like, the little brush fouls off. That's my opinion, but, you know, I'm just a fan. Yeah. I think, I think they're just. I think it's just the teams that are playing so fast. It's kind of like who yeah. needs to. It's like who needs to get the stop. We're just gonna inbound the ball and go back on the other end and try to score on them. So yeah, 
It just now every team just pushing it back and forth. There's no like come down the court, pick and roll. As soon as they come down, it's just pass, pass, shoot. Yeah, like, all, all, all I'm seeing is you, you might catch a one pick and roll off, but it's like if the roll is not there, you kick and you pass, kick, shoot. That's it. It's true. Like the mid range game, like guys like Melo and DeRozan, who are like mid range, like mid range killers, are being forced to like change their game. To where now Mel's a spot of shooter and he's been bouncing around for the past two years because the, you know the mid range game is dead and you have the Rosen who's getting traded because you know the mid range game is kind of like not really existent anymore. So you being forced to spread your game out to shoot the three and drive. So yeah, it's been an interesting high scoring first week of the NBA season to say the least. But you know it's exciting. So the fans want to see, so you know, so what brings the revenue in, right? Exactly, it's what keeps the fans interested, yeah. keeps Adam Silver's pockets lined, so keep his pockets padded. Adam Silver, so, keep your pockets padded. So he's happy. So, what do you want to get to first today? Your first first order of business. First order of business, my guy. We will discuss pretty much what teams specifically. Well, obviously, we saw the season opener. There's two good games. Golden State came out victorious. Boston came out victorious in a good game. But what have you seen so far out of the top teams that are set to come out of East and West? Like, Toronto's looked impressive, really impressive, even for me, who I'm known to be a Toronto hater. They look damn good. I can't lie. Boston Boston looks good. Philly, Philly's kind of underwhelming. It's still early, but they don't look like they're that hungry or like they had a bit of success last year and they kind of like are accepting that as like, okay, it's going to take us nothing to get back there. But I think the East got a lot more wide open with obviously LeBron leaving. And then out the West, Houston really got smacked and they look kind of iffy. We knew that with Melo being there and a reason Mama Butte being shipped out that their defense would take a step back, but they're not looking real good. They lost to the Clippers last night with obviously Chris Paul being suspended, which will be another thing that we have to talk about because we got to talk about the whole L.A. brawl. But, yeah, Pelicans are looking a lot better than I thought. So what teams stick out to you that are, you know, projected to be championship contenders? And then what teams are sneakily looking better than you thought? So in the East, a team that's looking better than I thought, would be the Milwaukee Bucks under the new coach, Mike Budenholzer. They look, the offense is revamped. Like Giannis is, he's on another level. And yeah. Brogdon, Brogdon is back. He's healthy starting. They have it. Gordon. I mean. You know my guy, Middleton. You got to shout out Middleton. Yeah. Middleton, Bledsoe. Then they have, what's his name? Uh, Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, yeah, the rookie. He's, he's, he's playing all right, too. And then my other team, I would say, Raptors or Boston, they both look impressive. Raptors, they probably well, have- Raptors did look like they beat them pretty easily the other night. I won't lie. I watched that game and I was kind of like, Raptors never looked like they were really threatened, per se. And that's what you know, I took from it. I was watching the game and I'm kind of like, okay, Raptors, like, you know, this is where they might give the lead up or they might, you know, make the game closer than it should be. But for the most part, I watched the game and I'm kind of like, they look like, you know, they kept the lead, they held it down and they won by double digits, so it's kind of like, okay. It, obviously, it's early, but for Kawhi to be playing his first, like, meaningful game 
or, you know, big game after coming back from his year-long hiatus and all the summer drama about you not wanting to be in San Antonio. And he looks pretty good. And he looks like he's, like, you know, the Raptors have accepted him. I kind of was fearing that Lowry wouldn't or would be a little difficult or he wouldn't adjust to Kawhi because, obviously, they traded Kawhi for his best friend. But they both look like they're holding down the backcourt, honestly. So, yeah, they do look impressive. They do look good, but I think when you watch the Boston versus the Raptors, I think the key, if they were to play in a seven-game series, it's not even about the guard play. It's going to come down to the big men. As long as Abaka could be a force as the yeah. five guard Horford, because Jonas can't guard Horford in, the, in, in, in that spread offense. No, it's too much. Not. So I think if, if Abaka, Siakam, and those guys, if they're able to split the minutes and be better, then even how they were that game, they should they'll, they'll have a good chance to beat Boston. But Boston's not healthy yet. Got to wait for Kyrie to get to get back. Hayward, to yeah, get back. Hayward to get back comfortable. It's true. Boston still has a level that they haven't reached, and they probably won't yeah. be able to reach until like at least a couple months into the season, just because of the injuries that their big name players are coming back from. But Tatum, despite that, Tatum still. And honestly, I didn't think that Tatum would be as impactful as he is actually being just because of all the mouths that Boston has to feed with Kyrie, Hayward, Horford, you know, Jalen Brown, Tatum, Rozier, Smart, off the bench. They're a really deep team. I didn't think Tatum would have this much of an impact or be like the go-to guy. And to me, he looks like the go-to guy over Kyrie because Kyrie is obviously 6'2", 6'3", smaller guard. Obviously, he can get to the paint at will. But why give it to Kyrie when he can give to Tatum, who's a legit six eight six nine can handle the rock and shoot the J drive mid range post up. It's kind of like, uh, do you give the ball to Kyrie in crunch time or do you give the Tatum and let Tatum go to work because the size? I don't know anymore. To me, I think it's either or because they both they're both so crafty. But I think it's just because Tatum's bigger and stronger. Yeah. He, he could get to his moves quicker, but Kyrie's done it already. Like, we've seen in the past. We've seen him take over games. We've seen him hit big shots in the finals, conference finals. So, they're both they're both big time. They're both big money players. So, I'll take either or. Stevens will figure that out, though. He's a good coach. Great coach. Great coach. Oh, one more quick thing. Nick Nurse. I, I'm going to give a shout-out to Nick Nurse because I had no faith in him. I thought he'd be a bum. But looking at what he's done and the way he controls the lineup where he plays to the matchup, he doesn't stick to one starting lineup where he switches Ibaka and Siakam in for um, Valanchunas. And that starting five looks good when they go small and Ibaka at the five, and they're able to play smaller and quicker with, you know, Ibaka playing the five, man. They actually look really good. And I like the way that he's not sticking to the script, per se, and letting the offense kind of dictate itself and, being a lot more free-flowing, and it's not just a Kyle, uh, Kyle Lowry dribble-dribble-dribble shoot, DeRozan dribble-dribble-dribble shoot. It's a lot more play calling. You can see how the offense is a lot more smooth, and they're putting up points looking like a lot easier than they've been in the past. So shout-out to Nick Nurse because I had no ratings for that guy. So what about the Western Conference? Which team has impressed you so far? You can't overlook Denver at the moment, like, they beat us last night, and that game kind of, like, I watched the game, and we were up 
obviously we, I mean State, Golden State, we were up early, but we kind of let the game slip. And there's a lot of iffy foul calls that were called, and you know, a lot of kind of like where we spoke about where the hand, the hand checking in, the impediment of movement and free flowing, that kind of stuff. Like a lot of ticky tack calls. Durant got a technical for some stupidness where Gary Harris clearly pulled his hand on the reach in. They didn't give him the foul call. He should have been shooting two and we ended up losing by two. Off the rebound, Damian Jones had it, got fouled. They missed the call. The refs missed a lot of calls that game that favor in Golden State. But, you know, we lost by two. It happens. But Denver's impressive, really. OKC is disappointing. I'm going to say OKC has probably been the most disappointing team besides Philly in the NBA. Obviously, there's been no Russell Westbrook. He had knee surgery and. He just came back last night, and they still lost to the Kings, I should say. But I did think Paul George taking the max contract, not going to L.A., he would step up, and, you know, if Russell Westbrook was out, you could still rely on Paul George. And Paul George does not look reliable. Dare I say he's playing for the money? I don't know about all of that. I think... He's more he's more adjusted to the role now, but it's just it's hard playing on a team without another person to take the pressure off of you. It's just him. Who's the second player? Schroeder. Look at the nah, difference. You still, Schroeder. You still got Schroeder Steve, Westbrook. You still got Stephen Adams, and I don't think people give Stephen Adams the credit he deserves. I think Stephen Adams he's a lot better than a lot of people think he uh, than people give him credit for. They just get they don't give him the ball, and like I. He's a big guy, and I'm pretty sure he doesn't have post moves like that. But he can bang, get to the bucket, and, and draw fouls. I think that if they used it more, or at least played it like they would give him opportunity, it would ease up off the guys on the perimeter. But they don't even pass the ball to him. So teams don't even respect that. So teams are able to, you know, push the perimeter out and make Paul George work extra hard because they make it more of like a one-dimensional team. There's no reason on earth why OKC should be losing to the Kings, especially with Russell Westbrook back. But, you know, they let them drop 130 on their head. So it's kind of like, what does OKC look like? People are talking about OKC being a top team or top four seed in the West. It's kind of like, you lost to the Kings. You guys can't really say nothing right now. Westbrook or not. You know, yeah, Lake... Houston's underwhelming. Lakers kind of look obviously Lakers are early. They have time to adjust, but you know, there's a lot of teams in the West that I should say that don't look that impressive. I think the Pelicans though, they're the way they're playing now, you now that to. they have now that they have uh they, they have AD playing the five, they have Meritich, they have Holiday. Peyton came in and he's basically Rondo. He's grabbing yeah. boards, he's getting assists, he's he's scoring. He can't shoot just like Rondo, but they feel the role a lot better. He plays defense as well. Then they have Randall off the bench. They have yeah, that, was, that was a big pickup. This guy who can play. Like, like, that was a big pickup. So, kudos to them on a, kind of a cheap tweet deal. So Yeah. So, even when they're in their, in their first game, they had, they, they had Randall, AD, and Miritich on the court at the same time. And those guys are all 16 and above. Yeah. That's huge. That's a big lineup. That's a really actually. Your Mercedes was six ten, AD six ten, six eleven, not seven foot. And obviously Randall's a six ten, big body guy who plays aggressive. So 
looked good. I had Pelicans finishing maybe seventh or eighth or not even the playoffs, but like now they're like an idiot because they're flying. Obviously, AD has to stay healthy, and if he's not healthy, then this whole train ends. But right now, Pelicans are flying. I think as long as AD's healthy, they should be a top five. I think they'll be able to be a top five seed in the West this year. Every everything in the West just looks so shaky right now. There's nothing concrete. Yeah, the West just looks the West looks weird. The only thing I know is that Golden State's gonna be the number one seed. But I mean, even uh, they, even they last year they lost like a lot later in the season than than now. So their first their first loss came in their second game. That's that's so quick. I didn't expect it to happen so soon. Yeah, well, no, we lost our third. We're two and one. We lost our third. We sh- last game we played against Utah. That was a game where I was watching. Like again, I don't miss the Golden State game. And I was watching that game, and I'm kind of like, Utah looks really. That's another thing that's really impressive. Utah looks amazing. They had a night where they couldn't miss. Drew, they could not miss. I was watching the game. And I'm like, the way that Joe Ingles is coming up the court, hitting threes. Rubio, I see, and Rubio can't shoot. Rubio comes hitting threes. Mitchell's hitting threes. I'm kind of just like, this is going to be one of those games where, you know, the one team just catches fire and that's it. And the fact that Golden State came back and responded after being down by almost 20. And they came back, held the lead, you know, won by uh, a tip-in. But even State, we're not healthy yet. Obviously, we're missing DeMarcus Cousins. But we lost last night to Denver, but we're 2-1. and one, But we all got to... You know, Western Conference has to kind of buckle down. I think that they've been having it so easy or, like, seeing the West is so tough that even they kind of, like, took a step back and they're just, like, run the gun, run gun. But I think once teams settle in and defense starts to get locked down, you'll start seeing kind of regular scores and, you know, teams starting to pull away and the Western, the, the top eight teams start to, like, you know, start jockeying for position. But for now... I'm not taking too much into it, reading too much into it, just because obviously it's a week in. We can't overreact. So That's true. So what are your thoughts on uh, the Timberwolves and Jimmy Butler? Oh, Jimmy. Yeah, I'm, I don't blame him, honestly, because the fact that, you know, Jimmy, he's a guy who wants to win. He plays hard. He's from Texas, so those guys kind of, like, are very serious when it comes to athletics and things like that. He has a certain type of drive that the rest of his teammates don't. And obviously, it's just like anything in life. If, you know, you're the only person working hard, it's kind of like, you know, I need you guys to step up. You guys got to, you know, follow my lead. And they're just, you know, obviously, Andrew Wiggins and and Kat, Carl Anthony Towns, they're two guys who just look like, I've never seen them work out, personally. I've never seen anything of them, like, playing basketball. I was even watching the the preseason, and, and they're having interviews, and they're interviewing Andrew Wiggins, and he actually said that next summer they should be getting together more often to play basketball in the summer because there's no continuity. There's no kind of, like, feel for each other's game. And he admitted that they have to start from a further you know, further viewpoint because they have to adjust to each other's games before they can even start practicing and putting in plays and things like that. So he felt like they were a step back this before the whole Jimmy situation. So adding onto the Jimmy situation onto that, I definitely understand where he's coming from 
I don't blame him. I think he deserves better. He wants to win, and I hope those guys, you know, whether he's there or not past the trade deadline, because obviously there's a big chance he gets traded, or he stays and leaves in the summer for a free agency. But I hope that they can put together a strong season and, you know, maybe try to convince him that, you know, they're willing to work hard. Because at the end of the day, they're getting paid a million dollars to you know, play basketball. The least he can do is play hard. And that's, I think, the point that he was trying to make. What do you take from it? Yeah, I think with Jimmy, he's just because his upbringing in basketball is much different than uh, Carl Anthony Towns and Wiggins. Like, you know, those guys are blue chip recruits. They went to the yeah. schools, their number one picks. You know, Jimmy, yeah. had, Jimmy, was a, Jimmy had to grind. He was in Juco, then he went to Marquette. He wasn't even the best player on that team. Then he yeah, got like, barely like, a first round pick, barely got a first round pick. He's a definition of self made. So, yeah. you know, I seen him do an interview and he was like, the most, like, the best player on the team is Towns. The most God gifted player on the team is Wiggins. But the hardest worker is me. So he just wants, he just wants them to work hard. He just wants them to match him. And they need him. Like he said in the practice, he's like, you guys need me. You're nothing without yeah. me. And yep. you could see, like, Last year, they were good with him. They were bad without him. They barely they, snuck him. They were third playoffs. seed. Remember, they yeah. were third seed. They were third seed before he went down with his knee, with his knee injury. And they went down all the way to ninth. Almost didn't make it. Made it on the last game of the season when they beat Denver. And that's why they got in because the Denver, Denver. And they got in because they beat Denver, OT. So, yeah, you can definitely tell that Jimmy's playing on a whole different level than the rest of the team. Is it true? I think we discussed it before. Is it true that Jimmy Butler was involved with Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend? I I seen some. I never like read too much into it, but I saw something that might have happened between Carl Anthony Towns' girlfriend and Jimmy Butler. But that's the problem with these NBA players. They all talk to the same girls in the same circle, <laughs> same walks of life. So that stuff is bound to happen. All athletes they talk to the same. They all talk to the same group of. To the same group of women, so it's true. It's true. When you when you see someone that's not married, like obviously you see LeBron with his wife, you see Steph with his wife, you see Russell Westbrook with his wife. But when you see the single players, it's kind of like they do kind of bounce around the same girls. You kind of see like like Ben Simmons. You see Ben Simmons jump from Kendall Jenner to to to, to Nashi. I'm kind of like, where? Like what? I even saw something today. They're saying how. Uh, Blake Griffin's ex, one of his ex girlfriends, uh, DeAndre Jordan, is like with her now. So yeah, like, and they used to be teammates. Yeah, <laughs> like, so. crazy. I guess sharing is caring. So I don't know. I guess that we obviously know what happened with with Swaggy P and and, yeah. and, and D'Angelo Russell, where you you're talking the guy's business and you know stuff gets out, but it's crazy. How these amateurs like so you just need to marry your high school sweetheart like somebody that, 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 like, like LeBron, <laughs> Russ. That's why these guys have no stress, no problem, Steph. No stress, you know, happy uh, happy uh, wife, uh, happy life. Living peaceful. Yep. Yep. We 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 know about that lifestyle. Exactly. Uh, happy wife, happy life. <laughs> but now you need to talk about the biggest the biggest event of this week. Yes, yes. Let's let's get right into it. The so, malice so, of the Saturday palace. Night, Saturday night mayhem. 
WrestleMania, WWE. Malice of the Palace, oh. 0.5. <laughs> I was watching the game, and I was like, okay, so this is what I saw from it. This is what I took, <laughs> took away from it. So, James Harden drove. Obviously, Brandon Ingram was, was a one-on-one situation. James Harden transitioned. James Harden is looking for the foul. You don't even, like, you know that. You can watch basketball. You just know that James Harden is looking for contact, like he always does. So when he ran into Ingram, I was not surprised. I don't know why Ingram was surprised. He shouldn't have been. If you watch tape, if you watch film, you see that that's coming. It's either that, he's looking for contact, or he's going for your step. One or the other. So when he draws contact, obviously Brandon Ingram is 6'10 and 113 pounds. Very small, skinny, very skinny. So he got a body all the way almost out of bounds to the to the, the net stanchion. So obviously he took offense to it and shoved James Harden. James Harden gave him that face like, bro, do you know who I am? Do you know not do you not know that I'm the MVP of the league? Who are you putting your hands on? Then that kind of diffused. But when Chris Paul was arguing the fact that it wasn't a foul call because James Harden actually finished the layup. And he was arguing the fact that he couldn't get the end one and that they're calling the foul on the ground. So Chris Paul and Ronda were arguing. And I didn't see the spit fly, but apparently there was spit and someone got spat on. And Drew, I think that we both understand the same thing. You can't spit on people. You can't spit on someone. That's like the most disrespectful, the lowest, most degrading thing that you can do. So the rest is history. But where I was kind of like, wow, was when Ingram came flying back from half court and gave PJ Tucker a right hand to the back of his head. That to me was crazy because there's no way that Brandon Ingram is doing that and P.J. Tucker is looking dead in his face. No way, Jose. I know. I think when I was when I was watching it, like I'm looking at my TV and I seen Harden go to the basket and he got the thing. And I'm like, okay, that's an and one. And then I seen Ingram push him and I'm like, why did Ingram? Like, why is Ingram so upset? Like Harden does this all the time. All the time. But then the cameras shift to Ingram and Lonzo. They're just walking back because... Ingram got in the ref's face, and then these guys, they, they took him to cool off. Yeah. And the camera's in one view. And then all of a sudden, all I hear is Mike Green say, punch is thrown, punch is thrown. And you look, and you just see. I, all, I yeah, see is, all I see is Chris Paul threw an uppercut, and it caught Rondo right in his chin. And I, was like, <laughs> and I was like, holy smokes, like, why'd he punch him? And the whole time they're showing, like, their replay, and I was like, it was nothing conclusive as to why they were fighting, but then. You could always rely on the internet to be on the case, and they got the view from every angle. Super. The internet, is, the internet is undefeated, dude. Like you always say, the internet cannot be and will never be defeated. I got all the angles. Then you could see Rondo trying to be slick under his mouthpiece and spit <laughs> on Chris Paul, and that's why Chris Paul mushed him in his face with his finger. That's Bro, one of the most disrespectful things you can do. That mush was probably the top five things I ever seen. That that's mush, like, he mushed his whole face <laughs> with one finger. That's like when your mom's telling me that's like when your mom's saying, Yeah, come here, come here. Next time I yeah. tell you 
in your face. Like, that's, that's how I felt watching that. And then I seen Ingram run, throw the punch. I don't know who he was trying to punch. And then I seen LeBron. LeBron just grabbed Chris Paul because that's his boy. And I seen Chris Paul say, he spit on me. He spit on me. Yeah, it's funny because if you, if, you if you read Chris Paul's lips when he does the slow motion, you can say that he spat on me. <laughs> yeah, I see him. You can actually see him saying it. I seen him walk to uh, Mark Mark Jackson and say that he walked to the side to those guys over there, and he was saying he was saying that, but it could have been a lot worse because I'm surprised Chris Paul didn't punch him instead of mushing him in the first place. I'm surprised I'm... Chris Paul didn't give him a right hand to oblivion because the first thing I would have wanted the first thing I would have wanted to do was punch him. Like I wouldn't even want to mush him. I would have wanted to throw a punch. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. There's nobody on this earth that's gonna spit on me and get away with it. On this earth, are you crazy? For for oh, yeah. a grown man to spit on another grown man, I think that's just that's just disrespectful. And I think the craziest part about it is is the guy, I think his name is Kiki Vanderway. He's like the he deals with like the disciplinary actions for NBA. He was yeah. at the game. So he basically seen it live and direct, and then they went and they issued out the suspensions. How do you feel about the suspensions that they gave out for each player? Like, like I said before, I knew it wasn't going to be much because Houston and Lakers are two of the most interesting and most talked about teams in the league. So like I said to you before, it was like, no one's going to get more than five games. You guys, you, know, you, you were talking about 10, 15. I'm like, in what world? And I knew it because obviously Houston is – going to be a top team in the East. So they're not going to handicap Houston with their best player. And obviously the Lakers are probably bringing in the most money in the NBA <laughs> as a team. So you're not going to mess with Lakers. So I kind of had a feeling that the suspension wouldn't be like, you know, more than what they are. Like Ingram got the most, obviously, because he initiated the whole thing. Rondo got three. I thought he would have got more just because he spat and that would have set anybody off. I think Chris Paul had to get suspended because they could not, just because, you know, the whole altercation happened. So you could not suspend Chris Paul. But I think that they should have been more, but I'm not surprised that it is four, three, and two. What about you? What do you think? My thing is, I don't understand how they only gave Chris Paul. They gave Chris Paul two games, and they only gave Rondo three. And Rondo did more when Rondo yeah, won. Yeah, and Rondo punched his Rondo, Rondo spit on him and punched on him. I think he should have got at least eight games, at least more than three. Because I've seen uh, Mike Mike, Mike he's like, it doesn't make sense. How does Chris Paul get two? And Rondo get three. That doesn't make yeah, any sense. Three, and right. Ingram only gets four when Ingram ran out of the blue to punch someone. Right, right. So. And punched the guy in the back of his head. There's no way, but like, like so. I said, that's, that's just strictly because of who the teams were and what the teams mean to the NBA. You're not going to handicap, you know, the Lakers and Houston Rockets because that's just going to mean Golden State is going to fly through Houston's going to, like, imagine Chris Paul missing 15 games or 10 games. Imagine Rondo and Ingram missing all 10, 15 games in the season. That's almost a, a one, what, a quarter of the season? Yeah, it is. It's almost. So I would have. There's no way Adam Silver, like we said, Adam Silver trying to pad his pockets. He can't be losing money like that. But so, yeah, the, the NBA right. took care of it. So. Now all not all parties involved have to move on and continue the season without those players for a few games. Yep, but let me let me say I'm I'm not mad because 
in our fantasy league. I got Lonzo and Kuzma, so Ingram could be gone. Rondo could be gone. This is a perfect opportunity for Lonzo to get his feet wet, being a starting point guard again, seeing how he came off his knee surgery. So let's go, Lonzo. This doesn't affect my team at all. I don't have I don't have any I don't have any Lakers. I don't have any Rockets. So I I got I got I got Kuzma and Lonzo. So you know that I, I have a little smile off special. I, I wish it could have been ten. If it was ten games, I'd be smiling. But you know I understand why the NBA did it. It's a business decision as opposed to like actually being fair and you know discussing what really happened because. There's no way a man's going to get spat on and get two game suspension. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. I see, so I see, I see NHL people get suspended all 20 games. <laughs> yeah, different different sports. So I guess it's all about the severity. I guess they didn't feel that it was as serious as other people thought it was. So Yeah, I guess. You guess so. Yeah, I'm so real what he's doing. All right, Drew, let's look towards the week ahead. The week ahead. Sorry, I almost choked. <clears throat> I almost died. Someone saved me. <laughs> but <laughs> let's look at the week ahead. Obviously, we have today being Monday. Game start today. Who are you, you know, looking at the week? We got some big games this week. I'm going to go through the schedule. There's Lakers and Spurs tonight. That should be yeah, a good game. I'll, be, I'll be trying my hardest to stay up to watch some of that. Yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm stay off to watch that game. That's probably the worst thing about LeBron coming to the West. Yeah, oh, these ten thirty games are getting difficult. Because the, the, t- the older we get, <laughs> the only time I ever watched ten thirty games was when it was Golden State against a good team, like an Eastern Conference team or something. And now it's like every every time you want to see LeBron, you have to stay up late, and you have to. It's like all you got you got OKC in the West. State in the West, Houston in the West, Utah in the West, Lakers in the West, Pelicans in the West. These are you gotta be staying up super late to enjoy basketball these days. It's crazy. I'm so glad I go to work with bags under my eyes. I be I be snoozing my alarms just so I can watch these basketball games late night. That's why I just stick to the I just stick to the Raptors game. Seven thirty starts. Watch watch yeah. a few. Trying to hope for the Western Conference games that come on at like nine thirty or ten. <laughs> Yeah, I can't watch <laughs> those ten thirty games. They don't finish till one a.m. Yeah, sometimes later if the, if the games are close, games finish late in the West. But but on um on Wednesday you got a big game. Wednesday you got you got uh what did I just see on Wednesday. There's a couple of good games this week actually. Drew, Denver and Lakers on Thursday. Boston and OKC, that's a big game. Toronto, Minnesota, that's a big, that's a good game. Utah, and Houston, this game, this this should be a good week for basketball this week also. So I think that obviously as we go along in the season, teams are gonna start settling in. They're gonna start, you know, like by now teams probably have their cardio back close to where it needs to be for basketball shape. You know what 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 matchup are you looking for? What team are you keeping an eye on this week to see if they can improve? And get better off this week. I'm watching. I'm watching the Washington Wizards because they're zero and two. They lost mm-hmm. two heartbreaking games at home, and tonight they're on the road against Portland. So I want to see if yeah. they can bounce against Dame and company, who won their first two games at home, beating the Lakers. I got Washington beat- on that. I got Washington. 
And then I guess you say Utah and Houston. Uh, I like that's not, that's not today. The today's Spurs and Lakers. Spurs and Lakers, that would be a big game because I because the Lakers need a win. They can't they afford to go to. down. They can't they afford to go to. down four and three. The ESPN would lose their mind. They would know. <laughs> and, and and certain somebody will lose their job. Luke Walton, yeah. you gotta start producing because you're on the hot seat. As soon as, as soon as LeBron signed on, you signed up to be on the hot seat. Yep, every move you do will be scrutinized. Everything you can't breathe too hard without something telling you you're breathing too hard. Even though, as soon as LeBron joins your team, you're you're no longer the coach. You know they assume this guy's the assistant coach. <laughs> now. LeBron's a captain. It's true. LeBron's looking at Luke Walton. His eyes said, "Look at me." Look at me. I'm the captain now. <laughs> me, yeah. So, we'll see. we'll see what happens this week. We'll see how the games go. Yeah, man, for sure. I'm looking at I'm going to watch the Lakers. Lakers got four games this week. So, I need to see. They got they got two winnable games. I think the Spurs is a winnable game. Obviously, it'll be a good game. Spurs are always good, well-coached. That's your squad. So, I'm not going to disrespect the Spurs, but, you know, they they got they're they're one and one. You guys are one and one, so that'd be a a must. I think that's a, not a must win, but I think that's a good test for both teams. Obviously, it's more yes, must win yeah. for the Lakers. Because the Lakers um, need that one W on the board so they can start rolling. Yeah, definitely. They need to start a little streak, and then but Wednesday they got Phoenix, so you know Lakers have no excuse in Phoenix. If they lose tonight, they better win in Phoenix or else. If they lose to Phoenix on Wednesday, then you're going to start hearing rumbling, I think, that, you know. The crazy thing is, I think this season, Phoenix actually matches up well with the Lakers because they have Ariza, who could, you know, attempt to guard the Brown. I'm going to agree with that. I think Phoenix can – they're not a playoff team yet, but I think Phoenix, they're making strides, actually, because they look good. James, James Jones is actually the GM now over in Phoenix. Yeah, so they got the rookie Aiton. They still have Josh yeah. Jackson. They Booker, have obviously. Yeah, so they have a decent collection of talent. So yeah, they got they, they remember they got Crawford the other day. Yeah, and they have Ryan Anderson starting. I don't know why, but he's there. Oh yeah, well that, that that's for now. That, that's he's, there for some, he's there to space the floor for Aiton in the paint. Yeah, pretty much. He's just there to sit on the wing or sit in the corner. So I think yeah, I was I was watching like uh undisputed Skip Bayless said there's gonna be no days off in the West because every team is gonna give you the best punch because they're like, Oh, LeBron's coming to town, we have to play our best. So it's like every team is gonna play them hard. So it's, it's true. It's true. Be, that's how it's that's be, how it's gonna be taxing. Yeah. Taxing. That'll be something to see to see how much minutes LeBron plays and how he goes throughout the season and how they, you know, because he he doesn't want to rest. But obviously, they're saying they're gonna keep his minutes on track, and they're gonna monitor, you know, his minutes and how much he plays per game. So that'd be something interesting. Because if the game's close, or if it's, it's a winnable game, you're not gonna sit him. He's not gonna want to sit. So it's kind of like, does he go back and lead the league in minutes again? Can the 34 year old man can carry the load? So well, they can obviously have a lot of. That's where the young boys come in. They have to figure it out. They have to learn how to. They need to. They don't. They when don't look LeBron, that impressive no. right now. When when LeBron comes out of a game, they need to build onto the lead so then LeBron can rest longer, rest longer, and then come back in and go from there. Yeah, we'll see. I'm, hope, I'm hoping with time. With Still time. early. So we'll see how Kuzma, Alonzo, Ingram, Lance, and all those guys. How everyone comes together. Josh Hart. 
KCP. Yeah, that they need to make that swap for Josh Hart and KCP because KCP is not, you know, really getting the job done. He's he, he has nothing on on. They need to make that switch. The more I talk about, it, the more I think about. It, they need to make that switch. If your Lakers, Luke, if you're listening to me, you want to keep your job, make that swap. Put Josh Hart in the lineup and take KCP and put him on the bench. You have enough ball handlers in the second unit where you don't need the heart to be in second unit to be a ball handler because you got Rondo or Lonzo, whoever you want to start in bench. You got Lance. I haven't seen have I haven't seen Beasley yet. I seen him play two minutes in the first game. Or two minutes, eh? That's it, but and I like Beasley. I, I think he, he might, might, he, might find, spot. he might find his purpose later in the season, but for now, I think they're really trying to work in the young boys with LeBron. Yeah. Looks like definitely. Definitely. Oh man. You bet tonight? You make any bets tonight? You wanna to touch on any bets? Yeah, I have uh I have uh I have one ticket with uh I took Washington to cover. It was five point mm. five points against the spread. And then I have the Lakers money line on it too, and then I think I have there's one more. Uh, Dallas. Dallas to beat the Bulls. That's see, like, that's see, like I, I need to start listening to you more because I, I, I got cocky tonight. I made a huge ticket. And I got a lot, right? I got I got Toronto money line. So, wait. Let, just in case people don't know what how, how the betting game works, when we say money line, that means just a straight win or loss. If we say over under, that means totals. So, Two teams, a total accumulation of points. I don't do spread, Drew. You do spreads. Spreads scare me. I lose my I just take the spreads if, if if the team covering I think has a legitimate chance of winning. I never take the spreads where it's like the minus where I'm saying Raptors will win by five points. If I see like tonight Washington, I think Washington could beat Portland, so the spread is them. They could still lose by five, and I would still win. So I trust I trust Washington enough to win. So that means yeah. that. I trust I'm enough to cover. They should be able to do that. Yeah. And then well, I have I think... the next ticket. Oh, you have two. You did two. I only did one ticket. You did two tickets? I just took, I just took the double-digit covers. I took the Knicks because it was like 11 points. I took the Raptors at 10. And then I took – there was one more, but I don't remember. See, I took Raptors money line. I took Raptors money line. I took Boston money line. I took – see, I'm taking a risk. Minnesota has the ability to beat Pacers, and they're at home. They should be cat. This is a game where Cat and Wiggins should dominate. They have no excuse to lose at home. I took Minnesota, uh, Minnesota to be uh, money line, money line, and then I took the under because the totals was two twenty seven. I think it'll be kind of a slower paced game, so I have the under, which is uh, I never really won with the cover too much, but. I feel like 227, that's a high number for teams that are capable of playing defense or teams that are, are not really good with the three ball. So I don't think they're going to score that much. That's yeah, that's a, that's, that's a pretty high total. Yeah, two almost 230? Come on. That's that's Golden State numbers. This so, is the norm. This is the norm I've noticed now. Because even like two, three years ago, the only time you see a game like over 220 was if it was like Golden State, Denver Nuggets, when they had those super high-powered offenses. And that was it. But now, there's like, I saw a game of Sacramento against the Pelicans, and the total was 233. 
There's so, a game. I wanted to go to the, the Pelicans um cover the other night. I'm like, you know, I'm not going to touch that because that game looks scary. And then the Pelicans put a 140. I was like, thank God. You don't think it's going to drop 150. You put 149 up. I'm like, that's going to blow any totals or any cover. Like, yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, man. That's the bet. Hopefully, you win some. We win some some change tonight. We'll if, I, if, I, if, if I if I win tonight, I get nine hundred and twenty dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck I, to you. I have whopping nine twenty. A man, a man can dream. And the thing is, I'm looking at my card. Like my card is very winnable because I have all the favorites on money line. It's just I got these two oh, these two totals: Chicago and Dallas, two thirty. If you guys scored, oh, like that—that's not a thing. Chicago, Dallas should not be putting up those kind of numbers. We'll see. Chicago's offense—they've been they, those teams have both been chucking it up. So we'll see. see. The thing is, like, I'm—I'm I'm hoping that these teams finally catch a slump because there's no way these teams are this efficient this early. In the, like, I'm thinking, like, it's this early in the season. How are these guys so like up and down, like ready to go? Like, you need time to adjust, but it's kind of like. Oh my gosh, two thirty—that's like that looks juicy to me. The two thirty and the two twenty-seven look juicy. So I'm just hoping that there's no upsets. I don't want Memphis beating Utah. You know, I, I don't want Phoenix beating Golden State. So you know that I, I'm hoping that things work out the way they should, and and we're good to go. Yeah, we'll see. I'll check the scores after we're finished. Yeah, you know, you can check my Instagram page. If I win some money, I'm going to post it. I'm posting in my story so you guys can see how the card looks and how the best looks. So keep keep on the page for that. Keep on JKB Sports for that. You guys can see the wins and losses that I've been taking these days. Anything else you want to shout out, Drew? And anything that you see you want to make a point to address next week? We're going to try to, oh, for the people, I'm, we're going to try to make this a, a weekly thing where we, we recap the week and we kind of discuss the major points or anything that we want to point out. We'll do player updates, team updates. So we're going to try to get it done on a Sunday just because that's the start of the end of a week and the start of a new week, almost on the same day per se. So that's the goal. Obviously, like things happen, but we're going to try to get everything out to you guys Sunday evening or Monday afternoon. So... Yeah, is there anything Drew you want to shout out or Drew you want to say? I'll give a shout out to one to one player that I've been slandering for a long time, and even though it's a three game sample, he looks good. Trey Young, I'll give you. A <laughs> I've been hating. I've been catching heat from a couple of the homies, so I'm gonna give Trey Trey Young some love. Okay, I feel oh. that. That's about it for me, though. Trey Young, yeah. I don't want to give him a shout out yet. I'm still on the hate train just because he hasn't played an NBA team yet. He hasn't he hasn't played an NBA guard yet, like. So I'm waiting to see what he does against a real team. Then we can start, you know, giving him credit. Does he play tonight? No, I think they got two games this week. Yeah, they only play, two. They play they they play against Dallas on Wednesday, so we'll see how Trey Young looks. I am going to give a shout out to Tatum. Because watching Tatum, he really exceeded my expectations. Even though, like, you know, we all knew he was going to be good. He worked out with Kobe in the summertime. So, you know, he's hungry. He has that mentality. 
But to come in on a team as deep as that in his second year and looks to be like the, you know, the leader of the team and like the best player on the team. Obviously, we know Kyrie can do it and Kyrie's handles tight. He's a champion. But I don't know. I'm looking at Tatum like Tatum might be better than Kyrie. That could be me talking crazy. Forgive me if I'm talking crazy, but I think that Tatum's going to be way better than Kyrie. Even by the end of the year, I think we'll be looking at this is Tatum's team and not Kyrie's team. So I'm going to give a shout-out to Jason Tatum. Brad Stevens, keep doing what you're doing with him because he's working hard. I agree. He's playing good this year, so we'll see. We'll see how how he progresses, how they progress in Boston. Yep. We'll keep a close eye. Week one of the NBA season is a wrap. We're going into week two. We're excited. We're going to be – I'm going to be taking my notes, be gathering information, and be back in a few days and give you guys a recap of the week and what we've seen and what we want to discuss, right? For sure. I'll be here for that. All right, cool. All right, Drew, I appreciate you coming by. Obviously, you know, good conversation always, productive conversations, enlightening conversations teaching the people so you know i always appreciate you coming by obviously i know that you're a busy man so you know big up no for coming on no worries, man. appreciate it i'll see you in a few days yes sir see you sunday my man all right all right all right guys thanks for listening that was the recap of the first week of the nba season and our look into week two of the nba season we discussed our bets, teams that we're proud of, teams that we think should be stepping up, players that we're, you know, giving shout-outs to. This is something that we're going to be discussing on a weekly basis. Um, We're going to be discussing probably a little bit about our fantasy. For people who do fantasy, we're going to kind of discuss little pickup options or player options or who to start, sit, and what we're looking at. Obviously, I want to thank Drew for coming out and for talking and blessing the mic. Ours, appreciate it. You know, that's family to me, so, you know, I appreciate working with you all the time. Look to see us again on Sunday. I appreciate you guys listening. Subscribe, JKB Sports. Check me on Instagram. Check me on iTunes. Check me on Google. Check me on Anchor. Google JKB Sports for anything sports-related. I appreciate it. All love. Peace out.